Welcome back to another episode of Comedy's Dead. I'm Sandra. I'm your host. And yes, I am wearing my Make America Great Again hat because tonight's episode is brought to you by Donald Trump. Listen, he owes me a favor, all right? And I'm just going to be honest. You guys know I'm a stand-up comic, so it should come as no surprise that a long, long time ago, I used to be a stripper in Las Vegas. And somehow, my stupid, slutty self ended up on a boat in Miami with Sandy Berger. And it was early 2007, so like January 2007. So it was right when he was negotiating the deal with the Epstein lawyers and all that stuff. And you all know who Sandy Berger is, right? He was Clinton's national security advisor. Anyways, I didn't know any of this was going on. And I don't think Trump was involved in any of this. It just so happens that the guy that brought me on the boat is a Trump associate. And he happens to kind of be a very big geopolitical associate of a lot of people. So if I was to drop his name, then it it would fuck up a bunch of people's financial assets. So anyways, I, I got lucky. All right, that's it. I got lucky. So I am supporting Donald Trump for the 2024 presidential election. But anyways, enough about me. Let's get in today's let's get into tonight's podcast because I was looking into Russia and Ukraine, right? So let's talk about the Russia and Ukraine war. Um, I was watching, it's not funny, I shouldn't even be smiling, but it's just reached a level of such absurdity that I can't even believe it's even happening. And I know my setup is a little strange tonight if you're watching on YouTube, but it's because I did a deep dive and I can't remember all this stuff and I don't speak Russian or Ukraine. So I I don't, I need the names in front of me to even attempt to try to pronounce them. So anyways, I was watching these videos about Ukraine soldiers that have been injured and there's a bunch of them. And I don't know, and they're lying, and on both sides they're lying. I know we always hear that Russia, the casualties are over 100,000, and in Ukraine, they state it's somewhere around 10,000. Well, they're, it's bullshit. I read from several sources, and it was even posted by the president of the EU, what's her name, Ursula von something. Anyways, she posted a tweet that it was on both sides, the casualties were over 100,000. And then Elon Musk retweeted it, and then somehow I got it got taken down. But anyways, I, I'm that's you got to be out of your mind, okay? So I was watching these videos of Ukrainian soldiers that have had their legs blown off, their arms blown off. I I mean they're screwed, all right? And it was having them in their rehabilitation and their therapy, and they're getting ready to go back to war. And they're excited about it. Like, they have no legs. And they're sitting there with their wife and kid. And they're talking about how they just can't wait to go back to the front lines. And I guess over 60% of the soldiers that have lost an arm or a leg, or sometimes both, go back to fight. What are you, stupid? I'm not trying to be rude here. I'm not. I'm just saying, if you got your legs blown off, that's your 
that's your past. You you don't have to go back. I mean, you're not fighting for a free Ukraine at all. You're not fighting for freedom. You're just fighting for a bunch of rich people so they can drill oil. I mean, or mine for minerals. I'm when the war is over, America's not gonna just rebuild Ukraine out of the kindness of our hearts. No. I mean, they're going to give Ukraine loans, and the way that you guys are going to pay this back is by mining and drilling concessions. Get it? You're not fighting to be free. You're fighting to be America's bitch. I mean, we own you now. That's what's going to happen. I mean, you, you, you have a wealth of natural resources and natural gas, and it just so happens to be in the Donetsk re region, which is primarily Russian, right? Like 95% of the people there spoke Russian. So, I mean, if you think that your leaders care about you more than Putin, you're out of your mind. I mean, if your leaders were better than Putin or Russia or gave two shits about you, they would be negotiating a, a peace treaty instead of sending you guys to go fight while they sit in their mansions and drink wine and do, I don't know, do whatever rich people do. I don't know what they do. They go on yachts with hookers. That's what they do. I mean, you're getting your legs blown off and they're getting their dick sucked on a yacht. And that's what you're fighting for. So, I mean, and, and also I know the natural resources, right? Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard, you guys were too busy, but we are in the middle of a global climate crisis and, you know, the Paris Agreement, the 2050 uh, carbon neutral date that everyone's achieving to, I don't know, make by 2050. Anyways, no one's coming close, but that date is fast approaching. So, I mean, quit your bitching and get a shovel and start digging. I mean, that you, you're America's bitch now. I mean, that's why Trump pulled us out of the Paris Agreement, because he knew it was going to cause World War III. And it is going to cause World War III. I mean, if you didn't know, Poland just agreed. I just saw this before I started filming this. But Poland finally agreed to send Ukraine fighter jets. So it's now the first country in NATO that is going to be sending you guys. I, I doubt. I, I hope you're not. I mean, I, I mean, I hope you have free time that you can watch me and not, like, get shot at. I mean, on both sides. I think it's stupid for both of you guys to be fighting. I don't see why you just don't tell your leaders to go screw themselves and go find your own hookers. Anyways, but so now, yeah, Poland's giving them uh, fighter jets. And the reason Poland is so invested in this is because if you go back, see all this conflict I mean, besides the fact of World War II and the Soviet Union and you know, all that stuff. But forget about that for a second. If you go back to early 2010, when the, these new natural gas or oil fields were discovered in Donetsk and a couple other areas. But anyway, so the world was fighting over these uh, oil fields. And while this was going on, Russia, well, not Russia, but uh Rosneft, right? Rosneft. Anyways, yes. While that was going on, Rosneft purchased Europe's largest natural gas oil reserve. And it just so happens to be in Poland. 
But now uh, Rosneft is sanctioned, so Poland is missing out on all those, you know, drilling concessions. But anyway, so that's why Poland has such an interest in getting Russia out of Ukraine. But we're going to get more into that, okay? Because, like I said, I did a deep dive. So strap in, folks, because it's going to get pretty interesting. Guys, let's, can we talk about the Pentagon, please? Besides being, I mean, these people get away with murder, literally. I mean, millions and millions of murders for who knows how long now. I mean, a president really doesn't get to tell the Pentagon no or really request a review of maybe some of the things that they're suggesting. So when the presidents go in and they sit down and they have their little morning briefings and their coffee, if the Pentagon is like, hey, whoever, Bush, Obama, Clinton, Trump, whoever, doesn't matter. If they're like, hey, we have reason to believe such and such, this or that, and this is what we think you should do, they can't really say no. Because let's say they say no. Let's say they say no to, I don't know, sending one of those death drones to blow up a house somewhere in the Middle East or put troops somewhere or whatever. If they refuse this, it's all documented. And let's say something bad happens. That's the end of whatever party that president was a part of because they would never be able to live it down. I mean, it would hang over that party forever. So they really can't say no. I mean, they can say yes and do it. And if something bad happens, then it's kind of on the Pentagon and we all focus in on that and we realize, oh, well, that's just the way this country works, you know, but they can't say no. And I, I think that is something that we need to talk about because we have let this department in the United States have so much power and these people can't even pass an audit. Okay, it's the only department in this country that has never passed an audit. And this last audit, they, they, they're missing a trillion dollars and they just don't know what happened to it. They're like, I don't know, we don't know. And then the stupid politicians that we have, they're all stupid and woke and they don't even, they, they don't even know really how to question it because, you know, we don't do math anymore in this country. I mean, math is irrelevant. Remember, math is racist. It's trans-exclusionary. So they're up there asking questions like, well, if Susie has a dick and a penis, how many dicks does Susie have? And General Millie or whatever his name is, he's like, one dick. She has one dick. No, wrong answer. You didn't ask Susie's pronouns. And now Susie is offended. And Susie is going to take a shit all over your yard because Susie identifies as a cat. And Susie's in heat, and now she's bleeding all over your yard because cats with dicks have periods too now. See? I mean, it's, not, it's, it's no one's fault that everyone in this country is stupid. We're just stupid. And no one knows why, and nobody cares. So it's very easy for people to take advantage of our stupidity and... You know, when you want to know where all this missing money in the Pentagon goes, well, it's from meddling in other people's countries, like Ukraine or Iraq or God knows what else. We, we throw little coup d'etats all over the world whenever it suits our needs or our strategic interests, whatever the hell that means. 
this is where things start getting really interesting. So we've already given Ukraine. I mean, we're in the billions now. What are we up to, like five billion or something? And we just agreed to give them another $2.6 billion that was just approved. And in this $2.6 billion, there's an additional, there's a specific amount set aside of $500 million in direct economic assistance from the U.S. taxpayers to Ukraine for purposes of paying Ukrainian government salaries and pensions. Are you out of your mind? Have you seen the politicians in Ukraine? Do you know anything about the politicians in Ukraine? They are more corrupt than Russia. Okay, I did, like I said, I did a deep dive. I didn't know where this was all going to take me. So please just bear with me, folks, because I, I'm going to play a video. What's playing now, probably. I, I go through and re-edit it afterwards. But anyways, it's probably playing now. So these, these are the Ukrainian officials, the politicians, that we're paying, we're paying their salaries and their pensions. I mean, we don't even pay teachers pensions in this country. But these douchebags, this is what our taxpayers are paying for? Uh-uh. It stops here. It was bad enough that we funded a little coup d'etat and we put in... I'll get to that in a second. But because first, I want to go into... Uh, so after America agreed to send them this money, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky does his nightly podcasts for... United Nations or the IMF or whoever, but he gave thanks and expressed gratitude to the United States um, in his nightly address. And he also said that in addition to the five mi 500 million, the country is going to need another 7 billion a month, another 7 billion a month to make up for economic losses. What? That you guys weren't even a democracy. Let's cut the shit, okay? You just became a country in 1991, and you've been fighting like this, like this video that's playing ever since. So who, who's in, who is in charge of the money? Who is just handing out free money? I don't even have city water. I have well water that is infected with this iron bacteria that is slimy, and it ruins everything, all right? No, I'm sorry. I'm done with this. We're not just giving out free money to Ukraine for $700 billion a month in economic losses. Why are we responsible for your economic losses? You didn't have to fight Russia. You could be making a peace agreement with them. So I'm going to get into, in a minute, what I think is going on and what my deep dive uh, kind of brought to my attention, I guess. Anyways, I mean, I don't know. Sell all that farmland. Didn't you guys just vote to sell farmland? Uh, give it to Amazon. You go get some jobs. You'll make up that seven hundred or that seven billion in no time. But anyways, uh, or Groupon. How about Groupon? I mean, can we do a Groupon? Can't what what do you what do you need seven billion dollars a month for? Anyways. So, but into in addition to uh, Ukrainian politics, and yes, let's let's also establish we know that when we when after the 2014 Euro Maiden um, revolution, the revolution of dignity, and there's you don't need any dignity in 
Eastern Europe, okay? That's a, you don't need dignity anywhere anymore. Dignity is just a lie that was made up by a bunch of rich people with money to keep poor peasants like yourselves in their place. That's what dignity means. But we know we put in, this is true. I, the, I mean, you can look this up. After the revolution, remember when there's a recording of this, Victoria Newland, she was some, I don't know, foreign policy advisor. I don't know if she was specifically in charge of Ukraine. But anyways, there was a recording of her where she was talking to another foreign policy relation person associated with the, no, I don't think they're associated with the EU. I forget exactly who this guy was, but you can just Google Victoria Newland recording. And they're talking about who they want to be the next prime minister. And it's this guy named Andre, I can't even pronounce his name. But anyways, it was this guy that they wanted to put into power, okay? And the, the uh, guy she was speaking to was, well, was concerned about the EU not approving of this candidate. And she said, fuck the EU. That's what she did. And that's who we ended up making prime minister. And he was a member of the Fatherland Party. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the real, the word, that, but it started with a B. But it was called the Fatherland Party. And it's a very far left, far, far left, socialist type um, party. And another thing, if you, if you really want to know much about... I guess the Ukrainian politician or politician and the political system. A lot of the current parties have been an integration of other parties that were before them and they all kind of like join a new party. And, anyways, so, but the Fatherland Party had joined forces with two other parties, uh, so, uh, Savada, Savada um, and that was the far right nationalist party. And before, and we're talking maybe 95, 98-ish, I don't have the exact dates, but the Savada Party was the National Socialist Party, which were Nazis. That's what National Socialists were. They were Nazis, okay? Because contrary to popular belief, nationalists and socialists at, at the root they kind of want the same thing they want complete government control of the means of production so that's your uh, all work all businesses manufacturing farming and it's all controlled by the state the state dictates everything about the way that country is going to make money and that's what socialists want and that's what nationalists want except nationalists just don't want any foreign business inside that company at all. And for some reason, they don't like Jewish people. I don't know. that, But now, I mean, so you can still be a nationalist and not have the anti-Semitic. You get what I'm saying? So that was the Savota party. And they were for up until 2014, and that was the peak of this party. They were anti-Semitic because they needed them to fight the revolution. And then after 2014, the anti-Semitism, they started kicking those people out of the party. So anyways, so you have those two parties with the, that party with the Fatherland Party, and then you have another party, and this is called, called UDAR, U-D-A-R, and it is, I mean, it's a nationalist party too. They're all nationalists there, okay? It's a very nationalist country, all right? Um, but the head of this party is the boxer, 
This is Vito. I don't know. Henny, you know who he is. He's he's the famous boxer. He is the head of this party. And his party, like pretty much all parties, their goals for the country are very vague. But um Udar actually stands for punch fist, pun- like punch party. Like they want to punch people. And their but their main goal is to beat out corruption by any means possible. That's their strongest stance. So those are the people that we put into power after the 2014 uh, revolution. And they kicked out a democratically elected government, which was the Yankovich party. And they were the party of regions. And they're a pretty far left party as well. And it was the most popular party in Ukraine and had been for close to a decade. And they're pro-Russian, but they're very far left. So in Russia... I mean, it's not it's not the Soviet Union anymore. They're pretty much a capitalist country. Anyways, so that's just a quick rundown of who we put into power, okay? So we put it into power national socialists. That's that's who we put into power, which is very contrary to the American democracy. Like we're a market country and we definitely don't deal with Nazis because Nazis don't want foreign investment in their country. So it's odd that we put these people into power. But I'm going to get to all that in a second, okay? But back to some of Ukraine's... Uh, some Back to some of these politicians that we're paying for, okay? So there was this... Uh, well, well, we'll go to the Chocolate King, Petro Poshinko. He was a president. He was the president that preceded uh, Zelensky. So this was before Zelensky, all right? And he was a Russian oligarch, or no, I'm sorry, a Ukrainian oligarch. And he bought a chocolate factory, okay? He's like Willy Wonka, all right? Anyways, so his money kind of comes from, like, the farm industry and food industry in the country. And, um, but he came into power after the government, the very short-lived government that we put into power. He, He was the next elected president. And... Because of, I don't know, the the war and, you know, this, well, this is before Russia did a full-scale invasion, but because of the Russian separatists and the fighting in the, in the east, um, Ukraine had, like, sanctioned that region. I, I really don't know, but something happened, so he, he needed coal. He needed coal for Kiev because Kiev needed heat, right? I mean, this is supposedly this country with a lot of natural gas, but for some reason, they always have to import gas, so anyways, so he went to the, the Donetsk and bought coal for Kiev. And um, after he was, you know, out of office and Zelensky took over, they arrested him and charged him with treason. And he's facing charges for buying coal from the, the Donetsk region. And this is actually a very common thing that you see throughout Ukrainian politics. Whenever one party leaves and the new party comes in, they start arresting and charging the previous party. Okay? This is what they do here, folks. And our taxpayers are paying for their salaries and their pensions and the country's lost revenue. So what is going on? Why are we doing this? Is this has this is nothing like an American system or any type of like democracy that we're used to seeing. So another person that they arrested was uh, Tula 
Chosh. I'm not even. I don't. And all these names sound like a bitch to me. Yankovic, Trochevich, something bitch. They're all bitches there. You get it? They're all bitches, and now you're America's bitch. But anyway, so it, it fits perfectly. Maybe that was the plan. But this this blonde bitch with the braid, she was um, Ukraine's prime minister for for quite some time. And the same thing happened. There was a gas dispute, which was very common in that area. And um, she ended up going to Vladimir Putin, who was president then. And he was like, well, I'll just you can just get gas from Gazprom. And he's like, I'm going to give you this deal. And it was a good deal. It was way below market value. But the only agreement was he was like, you can no longer get gas through um, like an intermediate person, like an intermediary. It has to be through Gazprom. No more going through all these like subsidiaries that are, you know, run by maybe people that also run Gazprom, but they're coming from some other country. Like you just get it straight through Gazprom and this will everything will be fine. So she agreed to the deal and everybody was happy. They got a great deal. And then after the, after uh, Victor Yankovic and his party came in, and this is the party of regions. And remember the party of regions, the, the other, other parties, this uh, fatherland, UDAR, the, the punch people that are going to like beat out corruption. And then the far right nationalists, they hate the party of regions. They, these three parties formed an opposition block. So that is just to get rid of the party of regions. So Yankovic comes into power. And then for some odd reason, his attorney general arrests this Eula chick for, um, well, they tried to charge her with a bunch of stuff. And it went into, it was in the court system for a while, but they couldn't prove anything. So finally they arrested her on abuse of power for buying Russian gas because the oligarchs in the country were getting gas through some other corruption scheme and it was hurting the country. So they arrested her. And I mean, I mean, everyone, I mean, the EU, America, Russia, everyone condemned this arrest and they said it was all, you know, politically motivated and it was okay. So let's get into what was going on with Burisma, right? Remember Burisma, the, this apparent uh, Ukrainian's largest national gas company that Hunter Biden was sitting on. So what was Burisma? Well, besides being a fake company, it was a fake company, folks. It was not real. It was fake. Okay. So besides being fake, it was supposed to be a holding company that held a bunch of oil and gas production type companies. So if you're not familiar with a holding company, it just holds a lot of assets that are directly related to like one industry. So like oil and gas. So it was a pumping station, maybe licensings, um, the equipment that you need to pump the oil and gas and fracking and all that stuff. But these companies were, they weren't real. They were all shell companies. These companies only existed on paper. These companies did not exist at all. And they were all registered in Cyprus, that island over, anyway, I'm not exactly, I'm, I'm tired, so I might mess up the location, but it's over somewhere, it's like in the Mediterranean, isn't it? Somewhere over in one of those seas. Anyways, so it's, it's Cyprus. That's where all the, uh, these companies were registered. And 
Um, anyways, and we don't know where all these investments came from because they were all coming from shell companies as well. You know what I'm saying here, guys? And the supposed owner, um, his name was Mikola Sholovsky, Sholovsky, whatever. You know, the I don't know what's going on in these Slavic countries. But anyways, and they all have the same names. There's there's like four or five victors and there's six or seven e-whores that I'm going to talk about. It's so confusing. And I think that is done by design. I think that is done on purpose just to confuse people. But anyways, um, but this Mikolo Slavosky, he wasn't the owner. He was just a front person. And, um, but he was also the... Minister of Ecology and Natural Resources under the Yankovic uh, government, which that was the government that was kicked out. So when they got kicked out, uh, Shalovsky had to go with them into hiding, okay? Because, you know, the Udar party and the nationalists are going to come in and kick your ass because they're fighting corruption, all right? This is what's going on. I'm just trying to paint a picture here for you. So anyways, but if you really... Oh, and... Uh, I'm just going to also include this here too. It is heavily speculated that the real owner of Burisma is this oligarch named Ihor Kolomoisky. He is one of Ukraine's richest oligarchs. Rich. I mean, he's into everything. You can't throw a rock in Ukraine without hitting something this man has touched or is invested in. I mean, he's, he has his hands in everything. And I mean, so just, and it's a, primarily a lot of it is in East Ukraine. I mean, a lot of business is done in East Ukraine. All right. Let's just put that out there. But um, this guy's in steel, all the steel, metal, um, natural resources, oil, a lot of metal alloys. And um, he also owns a lot of media um, studios. He owns the One Plus One studio, which is a channel that produced. Zelensky's uh, servant of the people, servant of the people TV show, and he's also the oligarch that funded Zelensky's campaign. Only when he was funding this, he was in exile in Israel because once Proshenko became president, he opened an investigation into um, Kolomoisky's bank, private bank and discovered that there was $5.5 billion missing. It was embezzled. And also, I should note that this uh, Kolomoisky has businesses here in America, in Ohio, Pittsburgh, and Texas, and a lot of real estate that is owned through another subsidiary shell company called Optima. And of course, Optima has a bunch of other subsidiaries that, that's Optima this, Optima that. You know how you know how this stuff works, all right? And... It's all registered in Florida. Anyways, so that's that's Kolomoisky. But anyway, so he was in Israel in exile because Poshinko had an arrest warrant for him for corruption because this is the way Ukraine works. When a new party comes in, they just start arresting people. And then, you know, when the next party comes in, all those people come back and the whole process starts again. And these are the people we're paying for these people's salaries right now, okay? Five hundred million dollars, and we have, and no one has still answered what the hell Hunter Biden was doing on the board of Burisma. Okay, in two thousand fourteen, after this party had gotten kicked out, 
and they're being investigated for corruption. And it, I want to I want to note too that the first corruption investigation in Denver Burisma started in 2012, which was still under the uh, Yankovic party. Okay, and then of course when that party goes out and the new one comes in, remember Biden went and got the Attorney General Victor, another Victor, Victor Pachinko fired. And of course, he says it was because Victor wasn't doing a hard enough job. He wasn't pursuing the corruption. He wasn't going in there and like, you know, beating people's heads with a hammer in their hands and, you know, doing what the the Udo and the nationalist parties wanted. So he fired that prosecutor. And the prosecutor said after he was fired and kicked out, he was like, well, I don't know what these people want me to do. He's like, I'm trying to investigate all this corruption, but you don't understand. There's no more paperwork. There's no files on the computers. There's no files and file cabinets. Everything is gone. There's no trace of anything. It's like Ukraine didn't even exist anymore. So what was going on with Burisma? I, I, I will probably never truly know, but... To fully understand, you kind of have to go back to 2010, okay? And in 2010, that is when um, these huge natural gas reserves were discovered. And it's the Yuzovska, uh, it's, it's, it's like a, a big, uh, a, you know, it's like an old dried lake bed, okay? Whatever it's called. But the use of uh, something. But one was located in Kharkiv, and, and that's a little bit farther west. It's not in West Ukraine, but it's not on the front lines of battle. And then the other other side is in the Donetsk Oblast. And I want to note here, too, that when you talk about the natural resources, which are pretty much spread throughout all of Ukraine, but the area where it's heavily uh, concentrated that has just a lot of it is in the Donetsk Oblast area, the eastern Ukraine. Okay, so I want to point that out. So this huge natural or natural gas um, reserve was discovered in 2010. And then there was also another natural gas reserve um, discovered in Lviv. The, it was called the Ivano Frankovsk Oblast, and that's Western Ukraine. All right. So sometime, and if and once this was discovered too, the the parties really started fighting. We're really going nuts. And I just show you the video. I'll probably show you some more videos because this is all these people do is fight. All right. Because Ukraine doesn't really have a. They're, they they didn't like design laws for a democracy. So basically, whoever is in power at the time kinda has the rights to the licensing and whoever controls the natural gas or the oil or this reserve or that reserve. So at some point in 2013, Viktor Yankovich is in Davos, Switzerland, doing, you know, whatever they do in Davos, the economic forum summit where all the rich people get together and decide what they're going to do with the country. Anyways, well, Viktor Yankovich, the pro-Russian party of regions president, decides that Dutch Shell, 
is going to get the rights to the use of Vosca um, natural natural oil reserve, which is in Kharkiv and Donetsk, and then Chevron, that's an American company, they're going to get the rights to the reserve in the West, the Ivano Frankivsk Oblast. Anyways, so these were multi-billion dollars. We're talking like $17 billion deals, okay? And in order to make this happen, um, and I also I should also notice the should this is a, a point where I should say, don't forget that Michaela or whatever, Solvasky, these the supposed um head of Burisma is also the ecology minister who would be the one involved in making all this happen because he holds the licensings to these oblasts because you know Ukraine is <coughs> sorry. Ukraine is a nationalist country. I mean, it's the people's oblasts. It's their natural gas. So they think. Anyways, I don't. I think it, this stuff was bought and sold a long time ago. But anyways, um, that's who got it. So Dutch Shell got the oil in the east, and Chevron got the oil in the west. Okay, and um, in order to make this happen, uh. The, well, actually, so Nardi Ukraini would be who owned the oil, and that's a state-owned company, state-run company, sort of, kind of. It, nothing's really, it's, Ukraine's not a normal, it might be state-owned, but the people that run it are oligarchs who, so it, it, it always has a subsidiary that's involved that's not totally state-run. Do you kind of see what's going on here? Anyways, so Nardi Ukraini, um, forms these two companies and uh, Nadra, Yusufgov, Yusgov, whatever. And then, so that's for the East. And then the Nadra, Oleska, Oblast, and the West, okay? So, and Nardi Ukraini, which is state-owned, owns 90% of the shares. And then the additional 10% of shares goes to this private company that is called SPK Geoservices. And I guess this company, and of course, it's not like a real, I mean, this it only exists on paper, okay? It's not really real. And it offers just geological services. So finding the oil and then, you know, doing the data, finding out how much oil is in this reserve and that type of stuff. So, and no one knows who this person is because it's a shell company too. And, but it's it's heavily speculated that it was Viktor Yankovich, um, you know, the guy that they kicked out of office and maybe his sons or maybe it could have been Slavalski, but it, it was somebody within the party that was this 10% stakeholder. Okay. And eventually after the 2014 Median revolution, they kicked this party out. So they also got rid of the SPK geo service. So they no longer had any stake in this, um, huge, huge natural gas deal. Okay, um, and I also want to know once uh, Yankovic signed this deal, people in Ukraine went nuts. Like people in the east and people in the west, because it's fracking, and nobody wants fracking in their neighborhood. So everyone was upset, and there was a bunch of protests. And because Ukraine is just an extremely divided country by this point, um, 
so like the protests that were going on in the east you know politicians were able to take advantage of that and be like hey look these people are going nuts because all this anti-fracking is actually russia propaganda and anyone who doesn't like russia or the pro-russian party you know is going to buy into that because people are stupid and they don't realize that whenever they try to do natural gas fracking here we protest because you know it sets the water on fire i mean you can light the water on fire it happens it's not a great i mean y yes it's better than i i guess traditional petroleum and crude oil but i mean or coal i don't because that's we're talking about heating houses so yeah it's better than coal i'm sure russia helped promote that you don't want fracking and the donetsk because it was all russian people and you know putting in a natural gas uh, fracking and the Donetsk would eventually would take money away from Russia Gazprom because they're the ones that supplied 40% over 40% of Europe's natural gas. So it would have, I mean, this is a huge, huge natural gas reserve. So like 50 years worth, which really, when you think about it, it's actually not that much 50 years. Come on. I mean, Russia has got, I Russia has got a, thousand years left so anyways but that's what was going on and then uh we know that the people get kicked out of off get kicked out of office out of the country like everyone the party of regions they all had to flee like the, this party does not exist anymore and it was the most popular party and russia and ukraine at the time so it took a, a lot of a lot of manufacturing to make this happen but anyways, and of course we help fund it. So now that the the revolution is over, and as things are settling down, then you know the Russia invaded Crimea, or the separatists took over Crimea, and Putin annexed it, and you know that stuff. That's all history. Okay. So, but after this, after this happened. Uh, Shell announced that they were halting the deal and not because it had actually nothing to do with what was going on in Crimea and the with the Russian separatists it had nothing to do with that the problem was of uh, the metal pipe quality I guess because Shell the metal pipes that they use to like I don't know break up the shell at the bottom of the whatever level it's on and it should also be noted that in this this area of the Donetsk it is uh, exceptionally deep I mean it's like almost in the or the protozoa the protozoa air it's barely above the protozoa level so it's it's deep like it is deep 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 so it takes these it's a, you have to frack it a totally different way it's really deep and it's extremely expensive it's the most expensive way to frack. That's the only way that you can get to this natural gas in the Donetsk. Anyways, so in order to do this, like the the equipment has to be up to certain standards, up to Shell's standards. So they buy their metal piping from Japan. Well, Ukraine didn't want that. Ukraine was like, well, if you're going to, because they're nationalists, uh, Nazis suck, guys. They're like, well, if you're going to be drilling in our country, you're going to have to use our company's metal piping. And they said, yes, we can do that if it's up to standards, but their, their metal piping wasn't. So um, Japan, or not Japan, 
Ukraine uh, forced these like really high tariffs. So Shell had to pull out of it because they said that it, the prices on these tariffs were so high that it would have been no longer economically feasible. Okay, at the same time, Chevron in the West announces that they were pulling out of the deal and that um, the CEO indicated that, you know, he was unsatisfied with the tax regime in Ukraine. And he also stated that yeah, it was it was the post Yankovic government that these crazy energy taxes that he was like, it, it would, we wouldn't make any money. And remember, Yankovic was a pro-Russian very popular party and i think they're more pro business maybe i, I don't know it's just weird and the uh ceo went on to say the the ukraine's unfriendly tax regime did more to kill off the oleska project than the brewing civil war in the east because remember guys these are oil companies okay that they, they're used to being in war zones and conflict i mean that that's where all the oil is it, you know that i mean because uh, i mean honestly i mean it's it's cheaper to have war than it is a lawsuit right i mean that's that's kind of the business model of fracking and natural oil natural gas or and really just oil in general okay like you're never gonna find a bunch of oil in a peaceful place it just doesn't work that way i don't know why it's just the natural order of things but anyways so Chevron pulled out as well. And so this is in 2014, remember, and this is in March of 2014. So as these companies are pulling out of Ukraine, is the same time Hunter Biden joins the board of Burisma and the supposed owner of Burisma is in exile in Cyprus because he's wanted for major corruption and stealing large amounts of money from the government and hunter biden joins burisma and then daddy comes over to ukraine and kicks and gets the current attorney general fired uh and said you know if you guys don't fire this guy you're not going to get your billion dollar in aid and of course he was fired and there's no more paperwork all that went I, I don't know what, I don't even think it was even there it probably left with the last government the party of regents or whatever anyways so back to Burisma everyone seems to think that it was the largest natural gas company but it's not it was a fake company it was only on paper and um if you go, and this is so hard because Ukraine, like I said, it's not a normal country. They have all these oil and gas companies and some of them aren't real and some of them are state owned. But if it is state owned, it was another state owned company before it came this current state owned company. And all these state owned companies have subsidiaries that are either state owned or these joint stock companies where it's partly state owned but also like privately owned or sometimes it's owned by two other subsidiaries that are part of another state owned company it's just it's too much to have the government in charge of that because what happens is you get people like Ihor Kolomoisky who comes in and he he owned part of Unicrafta was another subsidiary of Naftogas but remember Naftogas before it was Naftogas was this other I'll, I'll get to that in a second. It was part of another 
state owned that had other state owned entities. But anyways, back to uh, Ukraine NAFTA, which is a state owned subsidiary of NAFTA gas. Uh, but 42% of it is owned by Ihor Kolomoisky. Well, it used to be because now all these companies have been brought back into, now they're all just owned by the state. Everything is owned by the state in Ukraine because it's in martial law. So Zelensky seized all, any anything that has to do with natural resources in the state is now all state-owned. But anyways, Ukraine NAFTA, which uh, Ihor had a 42% uh, stake in um, was in all kinds of trouble because when he purchased these the, these shares, the um, pe- the two people that actually ran the company, the management, were these two brothers, which was another ehor ehor. And sometimes you can look these people up, and they exist, and other times there's no record of these people. So. Uh, there's, it's just all, it's just one big corruption. It's just a free for all of whoever is in charge and wants to get the licensings to these uh, natural gas uh, companies. And I also want to note that w- Ukraine is basically out of natural gas outside of these two um, new discoveries in 2010 that really aren't being drilled right now because no one wants to work in Ukraine because it costs too much money. But, anyways. Other than that, they don't, I mean, they've used up almost all of their natural gas. So, and and that's even odder too, but what come to find out, so Ihor Kolomoisky, what he was doing with his shares and Unicrafty, which remember is technically owned by Naftogas, which is a state-owned company, but there's been so many people that's been in charge of it that are also in the government, which isn't really supposed to happen. Anyways, so... Ihor Kolomoisky has accused, not accused, I mean, this is what he was doing. He was using his shares. He was taking out natural gas of, of his shares, and then he was putting them into fake shell accounts all over and then selling them to other companies, even sometimes his own companies, for below market prices, like below market value. And he was doing it for years. And also the people that ran natural gas was doing the same thing. And anyways, there was a big dispute. They had to go to court. And somehow the court ruled that Naftogas actually had to pay Kolomoisky back for all this stuff. Uh, debts? I don't know. Like, they, he, he probably stole gas and then loaned Naftogas gas that he stole for money and Naftogas didn't pay it. And you get what I'm saying? It's just tons and tons of corruption. It, this is beyond batshit crazy. I mean, this is why Putin poisons people. Do you get it? This is why people get poisoned in this country because how do you, how do you do business with these people but anyways um yeah so I mean, we can sit here and speculate all we want on uh what was really going on with Burisma but i mean come on guys this company was under investigation in Ukraine and also it, it should be noted that um and to the, and, and Hunter Biden he was getting it's been reported two different ways, 50000 a month and then 80000 a month. So I don't know which one's correct. Um, but he was on the board from 2014 until 2019. And not only was Hunter Biden on the board, but so was Kofor Black. And he was a um, member of uh, Bush's cabinet. 
Okay, he was like Homeland Security and an anti-terrorist analysis guy, big up in you know the Defense Department. He was also on the board of Burisma, and also one of the former presidents of Poland was on the board of Burisma. And keep in mind that while these people were on the board, the the supposed owner was fleeing, hiding. He was wanted by Ukrainians, Udar, crazy nationalists for stealing. Uh, you know, money from the government. So, if you really like deconstruct this, when he, when however Biden or however Hunter was approached to sit on this board, it would have raised eyebrows within the Obama administration because his dad was vice president, and this country just went through a revolution, and there's tons of corruption, and the president of this board is now wanted by the current government that we put into place, and. So that should have raised eyebrows. So there's no way it didn't, is my point. There's no way that people back in Washington were not looking at this. So if you want to know why he was on the board, I mean, yeah, it's easy to say that maybe they, you know, Kolomoisky and this Zavalsky or whatever, put him on the board knowing that, you know, daddy would kick, you know, the prosecutor out and they'd get away scotch-free. That may, maybe that that could be a possibility, but here's the thing: if that was the case, it's still going to raise Washington's eyebrows, and they would have told Biden to go get the, his crackhead son off that board because look at this corruption that was going on. And it's also I also want to note that we do know in uh, early November of 2014. So this is right after, or not right after. This is almost probably like eight months after the revolution. And Burisma was already, you know, kind of being investigated. Uh, Deutsche Bank reported that $24 million in funds from uh, Zawalski's businesses, these shell companies, and Cyprus had been transferred to the Lativa branch of private bank. And that's that was uh, Ihor Kolomoisky's uh private bank that was his bank he started this bank with another guy another oligarch and also this is a good point to notice that not only is i mean in ehor he's under sanctions from the u.s him and his family are not allowed to come back to the u.s uh we're talking major money laundering ponzi schemes where they were taking they were writing fraudulent loans through all, a bunch of and this report you can get on the the united states government fbi and they have accused Kolomoisky of writing like fraudulent loans to fake shell companies that were all registered in Cyprus, the same place all of Burisma's fake businesses are registered. And they were taking those loans and then investing them into American properties. So that's money laundering. Okay. So then he's accused of all this. And also when Proshinko, the Chocolate King president, you know, not, they took over his bank, his private bank, and nationalized it. Again, because they're Nazis, they said that there was $5.5 or $5.5 billion missing from this bank that was embezzled from Ukrainian citizens. But I, I did some background on private bank, and the vast majority of, the, the especially the corporate businesses, so like the big money, were all uh, businesses owned by private group which was this other which was the group that Kolomoisky owned with this other oligarch um 
Gennady, Hennedy or something. Anyways, but this is where I want to tell everyone that all these people that are associated with Kolomoisky, um, they've all had their citizenship taken away. And there's like 15 of them. So they're no longer citizens of Ukraine because if you live in Ukraine, the only way you can own property or land in Ukraine is to be a citizen. So they've taken all these people's like property away. And most of them are in exile right now in Israel because I, I don't know how to say this, but they're all Jewish and they're, they've had all their land and property taken away by these ultranationalists with, you know, Nazi ties. Um, it's, it's just unbelievable. So that's kind of probably why Volodymyr Zelensky is president because he's Jewish too. So, I mean, if you're going to take all these Jewish oligarchs and it just so ha they just happen to be Jewish. It's not like some like weird, it just, it just worked out that way. So yeah, it just would have been bad optics if these like alt-right Uda and this Vadova party or whatever, you know, were taking all these Jewish oligarch citizenship away. But anyway, so that's what's going on with all these oligarchs. And most of them are in London or other parts of the country hiding out. And they'll, But they're, they're billionaires, so it's, it's not a big deal. I don't think they really care. And honestly, most of their businesses are in East Ukraine anyways. And I think that's a lot of it has to, in the areas that like Russia is taking over right now. That's another weird tidbit. So we don't know what's going on. But... Back to another interesting thing that I just found so compelling. Um, oh, and it was also the uh, the uh, thing about the, the, I told you you can get on the FBI's website and you can read about the embezzlement. And uh, according to the FBI, I put this in my notes, I told you that I, I wasn't going to be able to remember all this, but... Uh, the the embezzlement, the money laundering, and all those fraudulent loans to fake companies and the Cyprus, they all started in 2008. And this this scheme ran from 2008 till 2016. Okay? So, back to Yula, the, the blonde bitch with the braid. Okay. So, in 2000... In 2007... In 2007, Yula, who was prime minister, came to America to meet with Dick Cheney, Condoleezza Rice, and some other like security administrator guy. I, I forget his name. I don't know exactly what they spoke about. I, I'm assuming oil because he was he used to be the head of Halliburton. Um, so we really don't know. But why, why was she over here, the prime minister of Ukraine, in 2007 talking to Dick Cheney and Bush? Okay, and, that, and then in 2008, all these money laundering schemes with Ihor Kolomoisky and his private bank started. That, that to me, that's just odd. Like, there's, there's a connection there. There is a connection there. There's, there has to be. And also, the payments that were made to Hunter Biden did go through private bank. And private bank was, what, seized in 2016, I do believe? Because that's when all these, you know, the embezzlement, I guess, stopped when it was seized by the Chocolate King. Anyways, but another important fact. 
So through all this, everything has been like reconsolidated in Ukraine, all these gas companies. And um, basically everything's owned by Naftogas now. And Nardi Ukraini and this other, the Ukraine's gas, Voda, Vana, Ya, whatever. I, I, I don't speak Ukraine, all right? Anyways, I'll post these links. But anyway, so these are the main gas companies uh, now in Ukraine. And they've entered a deal with Halliburton. Halliburton's going to be doing all the, all the stuff for them. Right? I mean, I don't, doesn't, doesn't that seem like maybe this was all some weird scheme from Halliburton? I mean, the, the blonde bitch with the braid goes and meets with Dick Cheney. We know Dick Cheney used to be in charge of Halliburton and we know wherever there's death and destruction, you're gonna, Halliburton always follows, you know? So she goes and meets with them and this is in 2007 and then in 2008, all this stuff starts going on with private bank and all this money laundering of taking funds from these fake shell accounts in Cyprus and then putting them into real estate here in America, in Ohio, Pittsburgh, and Texas. And it's headquartered with this Optima group that's run by these two like Russian lawyers or something in Miami. You, I'll, I'll, this is all like the New York Times, Washington Post. I mean, this is very accessible knowledge all right um so that goes on for what almost eight years and then it ends in 2016 after the chocolate king comes in and you know continues to nationalize the country and uh then also during the same time period after you know they kicked dutch shell and chevron out of the country and now it's just halliburton so i what was going on i don't i I don't know, but I think there was a lot of money laundering and a lot of funds being put into these businesses that were just a way to hide investments into Ukraine. They were, they were just betting on f future projects, I guess. And the it, it all Halliburton won is, is what happened. Um, but I'm not sure if Halliburton really did win. Because, you know, it's corrupt and you never know who really owns what land or licensings. And I think Kolomoisky, I think that $5.5 billion that's missing, I, I mean, it's definitely probably somewhere overseas because Ukraine's a national nationalist country. So people like, you know, to avoid taxes, they go and they put their money in offshore accounts. And Ukraine is like ultra-nationalist taxation. So everybody including Zelensky they all have billions and billions of dollars in you know over short overseas accounts and in like real estate in London and yeah I, I, and I, I told you somebody owes me a favor didn't I anyways um I could just fuck some people shit up right now anyways they told me not to curse anymore and I just can't not curse but whatever so yeah I mean it's just tons and tons of money laundering and um, I think it's also important to remember, and also another thing about this Yula chick, she's a very prominent businesswoman in Ukraine. She's rich, billions. And she made all of her money through like 
the gas industry. Like she went to school for it because she's she's older. I mean, she's older. So she was in college in the early 80s when it was still the Soviet Union. And she went to a, a specific college for it's in the Donetsk pro oblast region. I don't. I just read, so I don't even really know how these things are pronounced. So if I have massacred any name, I apologize. I don't know if it's Igor or he Ehor. I, I I've seen it spelled I H and I G. I I'm just going with Ehor. I, I don't know. Anyways, so the the Eula troll whatever the blonde bitch with the braid, which is a fake braid by the way. Come on, seriously, get it together. Um, she went to school for. At, at a mining university and then switch from a mining university to a it's the same college just a different department um some like economic major but she actually majored in cyber this is very important guys very very important uh cyber cybernetics cyber i don't know how you pronounce it but basically it is the study of human machine interaction and you know machine learning and all this stuff that kind of goes into making that happen. And that is also like an algorithm. And it, it has a lot to do with the principles of feedback and con feedback control and feedback loops, positive and negative. So it involves a lot of psychology and sociology themes. And there's also, I mean, it's not that it's a controversy thing, but uh, a lot of it has to do with like a difference between qualitative and quantitative and how these like machine learning tools are, are used and there's so it's kind of it's almost like the the philosoph philosophy of technology so when you think about everything that happened especially with the was it the or the 2016 election and that's not that's when the money laundering stopped that's not i never thought about that but when the 2016 election started was when Prashinko eventually private or nationalized uh, Kolomoisky's uh, private bank. But anyways, but the type of stuff that falls under this machine learning does involve the way that you could, um, you know, I, I guess overthrow a government, like how you could use propaganda and how you could control that and get it into the right hands on social media. I mean, it has to do, I mean, it also has to do with like robotics and like, you know, uh, being able to like you move a prosthetic hand. I mean, it covers a lot of stuff. But also within this, it does would have to do with, you know, creating algorithms and different things where you could like blast certain propaganda to certain people and all the different ways that you could break these algorithms down to get it to do what you want because you're using a machine and human interaction it's the same thing as you know programming a you know a prosthetic arm or hand and the way that you would connect it to like the yeah you, you get it i i don't i'm not a cybernetics type person but i did go to school i did go to college so i i can fandangle my way through certain topics i guess but anyways so i thought that was pretty weird and she also did make a, a lot of money in the gas industry so i i don't know what she was doing with cheney but it's just odd that now halliburton is in control of all the oil and gas and 
Ukraine. And they also do mining. So, I mean, and they also do really big cleanup stuff. So let's say there was this massive explosion or, you know, coal, you know, pollution. And, and the Donetsk also has a lot of coal production. So they have the coal ash and they're actually able to like come in and clean all this stuff and get rid of this coal ash and even extract like usable material from it. Just strange, just strange that there's all these weird license and different companies and Eula goes to America in 2007 and meets with Dick Cheney. And then after that, all, all hell broke loose, basically. So, but what kills me, what kills me the most is they've made this huge deal about how they want to be integrated into the EU and join NATO. First off, NATO wants nothing to do with those people, like at all. Like NATO would never accept a, com or a, a country with that type of corruption. It's just not going to happen, folks. And neither is the EU. I mean, you can't, you can't do business in the country because of the taxes. That's not how globalization works. This is not how free trade works. It's, it's not even... I don't know what these people are thinking, but again, Nazis suck. So, um, but after after they kicked the pro-Russian government out and they wanted, because they wanted to be more aligned with the EU, and it wasn't even, a, they weren't signing an agreement to, to do free trade with the EU. And also, m most rarely do countries have a lot of free trade agreements. I mean, the EU does, and then we have NAFTA with, Canada and Mexico, and we have some free trade with, is it Morocco or Angola? I don't know, some country in Africa that mines stuff. And then in Chile, because they have, was it lithium? You know, all the stuff that we need to go into all these things that we can't survive without. Back to this corruption and the EU and the free trade with Ukraine. Because after they through a revolution and killed hundreds of people and made this big deal. You know who became their number one trade partner? China. By a lot. I mean, the China is China's building railroads, China's building building buildings. China loaned China bailed NAFTA gas out. They NAFTA gas was in the hole by billions and billions of dollars and China's like, "Oh, here. Here take them. Here's some free money. Just take it." And they, uh, Ukraine now sells more corn and wheat to China than we do. I mean, they are like, they're, they put in a, a 5G tower in Kyiv. They are building um, a train station. They've built a bunch of uh, wind farms and solar energy. I mean, China is in Ukraine deep. But yet they wanted to join the EU. But the, they, they didn't. They, 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 all these same leaders, politicians, these politicians that were paying their $500 million salary and these $7 billion a month and lost freaking revenue, they all signed with China and they're all happy about it. Like if you talk to the fighter dude, was it Vic? I started with a V. I, I don't think is I don't think it's Victor. There can't be that many victors in that damn country. But Vide Detal, I don't know. He was the boxer. He even gave an interview and he's like, Yeah, we love China. If China wants to come in and build all this stuff, I'm gonna let him do it. And and they 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 
own Ukraine already. And that's the only reason we even gave a damn about Ukraine. Other than, oh, And then also, let's not forget that in 2013, when everyone was fighting about who was going to get all this oil, uh, Russia was like, I'm done with these people. I'm just going to go and buy this natural gas, the largest natural gas reserve in Europe, which just happens to be in Poland, which is a NATO country. I mean, talk about like, that is some big dick energy. But the guy, the guy that owned this, he was, um, he owns, anyway, it just goes back to like the Soviet, when it was the breakup of the Soviet Union in 91, when they started giving, you know, license and these like vouchers, like people, like everyone in the country, they all got like different vouchers for like the companies that they work for, I guess. I don't know. So this guy, hold on, let me pull this up. I have it somewhere. Okay, and I'll post this too. And his name is Ehor. It's an I-G-O-R. I don't know if it's Igor. Or I don't know if it's Ehor. All I know is everybody in that damn country is Ehor or Victor or there's a bunch of Mikhaila, Mikhaila, they're all those weird names. Anyways, this guy is Ehor Makarov. He is from Takistan. It's a country next to uh, Kazakhstan. But it, it starts with a T. I don't know. Anyways, so he actually is the owner. He uh, And this is where it kind of gets weird that sometimes, I, and I just found this out tonight, okay? So I told you I've been, I've been deep diving. It's, it's confusing. Um, but he actually owns the largest natural reserve company in the world. He owns pretty much all the natural, nat- natural gas reserves over in, in, in Eastern Europe, like Russia and the, all the, the Baltic states. So what is that? That's Slovakia, Lativia, Lativa, and yeah, what is it? I don't, Belarus isn't a Baltic state. But anyways, um, he owns all that stuff because he bought, there's this company, oh God. Uh, anyways, they, he, he bought up a share of um, these vouchers in um, when the Soviet Union fell apart and it was basically in the Baltic states and he, he owns a bunch of companies and, and it was a, it's called Itera, Itera National Gas, International Gas. So after he bought this, he, people in um, America actually bought into these companies and they were all registered in Delaware. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up in a second, but anyways, he's, he's from, he's Russian, but he was born in Pakistan, you know, and that's where he, he has a business there too. And when that whole gas dispute thing happened with the blonde chick, um, it was with a company in Pakistan. I forget the name of it. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing the country right. All right. I told, I've been. I'm way, I'm in way over my head with all this stuff, okay? So, um, the, I forget the name of the company, but it was a a joint venture between the guy that runs, or at least did run, uh, Gazprom, and then, um, some oligarch in Ukraine, and, and this guy was from the, the, the Frankenstein Oblast thing that I was talking about over in the West. He was from that area originally. Anyways, 
Um, so there was some type of dispute. But anyways, that was when Putin stepped in and was like, listen, don't go through the the intermediaries. Just get it directly from Gazprom because then you don't have to deal with oligarchs fighting over stuff and no one's going to steal your gas. Like, we're not going to steal your gas unless... You know, when it go in the unless it goes through transit and Ihor Kolomoisky, he owned Ukraine NAFTA, and that was the company that did the storage and transported the mass, the vast majority of Russia's gas into Ukraine and then into the EU. And of course, eventually Putin just told everyone to screw up, and then they built the Nord Stream pipeline straight into Germany because you know Germany needs natural gas because of their high precision manufacturing. But you know, we blew up the pipeline we did we blew up the Nord Stream 2 because we don't want anybody buying natural gas from Russia because I I think Russia owns the the some I they they own the Donetsk there's something going on with that and they did buy the largest natural gas reserve in Poland which is a NATO country while everyone in Ukraine was fighting and different countries who wanted the the oblasts that were just discovered in 2010 and then in 2013 putin bought or not putin rosnaf bought the thing in poland and then they had the big revolution in 2014 and here comes john Kerry and john mccain and other politicians who were like we're here we're going to support you and they're shaking hands with nazis and it was this big deal because they probably were the they they probably had bought shares like future shares into the Poland deal and they sold it to NAFTA gas and the the American people that bought into this it was the company was registered in Delaware which is very common because they, they don't really tax there so do, do, do you see what's going on? I, I just what are you guys fighting for? You're just fighting for a bunch of rich old people to get mining and, and drilling concessions. Like this is absurd. And the only reason America is even there now really is because we don't want China's influence in Europe. So you are never going to be a part of the EU because then that's a your China. You try China is your number one trading partner. And has been for since 2014 when you got your freedom from Russia or whatever. And we don't want Russia or we don't want China in Europe because I don't know why. I don't know why people think China is such a threat. I mean, the, the only thing you have to worry about from Asian people is fucking your husband. That's it. That's the only that's the only thing that they're going to do. They're going to fuck your husband. And I, I, this is ridiculous. We spend billions of dollars in these cold wars building bombs and drones because of China? Like, no, this is ridiculous. So, and and also, it should also be noted. Oh, hi, baby. Here's my puppy. Anyways, it should also be noted that um, China is now, well, we already know China's Belt Road. They're always in Africa. But now Europe, they're in Africa trying to compete with the Chinese and they're buying like I know I know what you probably want to go out. They're buying you know uh, pipelines to try to get more oil into Europe and and it's just like just just get your damn oil from Russia. Like what's the big deal? This is so stupid. So and I, and I 
you don't interrupt me. But um, and I we this is it just makes no sense. And we say here in America, well, we we you know we don't like China's record on uh human human rights. We don't like their records on human rights. And it's like, but they are the 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 politicians are voting records say the opposite. Like, totally say the opposite because we buy everything from China and we have for years. And, you know, it's just like, so what? I mean, they, I know they, they, they steal organs from prisoners when they die and they use them for transplants. And I, I always thought that was a, a conspiracy theory, but it's true. But you know what? Who cares? Okay, and I know they, listen, they don't just arrest anybody for no reason. And if they do, they offer you re-education camp. So they're not that bad. I just want cheap, affordable goods because things are getting too, the prices are too high and the quality sucks. And I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. And hold on, let me get a drink. Anyways. What, Ozzy? Hang on. Um, I know I was going to say something else about China, but I, I totally forgot. Uh, hold on. Oh yeah. But no, our politicians, they make this big deal about human rights and not wanting China or, you know, putting like economic sanctions or penalties against China because, you know, they, and they do do some crazy stuff. Like they like ram their fishing boats into Japan's Coast Guard, like Japan's Coast Guard people, because they're fishing in illegal waters. They do stuff like that. And like I said, they'll fuck your husband. And, you know, they do. They steal organs from prisoners. But really, who cares? And it's not like our, listen, our leaders are full of crap. I mean, have you been to California? There's homeless people everywhere. I mean, China has a bad record on human rights. We kill, how many, look how many countries we've invaded. All the children we've blown up. You want to talk about a bad record on human rights? Look at Halliburton. I mean, this is the, just the hypocrisy, the, the, the lack of the, the cognitive dissonance that our leaders continually, like, just go on TV and, and say these things, but yet their, their voting records and the things that they do, like, totally state the opposite. I mean, we give drug addicts drugs and needles and we not only do we give them like safe spaces to go do this stuff for we give them the money to go buy the drugs why do you think there's so many homeless people in california because they pay you to be homeless the vast majority of all the people that are shooting up on the street they're not really from california they're from all over the freaking country but they go there because california will give any homeless person you know eight hundred dollars a month to be homeless and they give you a phone so you can like you know have your crypto and you know do whatever because not only do you, they want to make sure you have money to buy drugs they want to make sure that everyone has a phone because of equality and it's like really really nancy pelosi everybody gets a damn phone i mean that's why your husband got hit in the head with a freaking hammer i'm sorry but that's true does ever ever crazy i'm a crazy person i don't need this big setup i don't but because of all these great deals with china all this stuff is affordable that i never would have been able to afford 
years ago or a different generation. So whatever, I'm voting for Trump because it's an I'm forming an opposition block because I'm sick of the Democrats. I don't like the Republicans. And so what? Yeah, it's Trump. I mean, what 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 else could he do? He already got abortion, you know, the constitutional right to abortion like thrown off the book. So what else could he do? That's already taken away. And quite honestly, Trump is full of shit. But it's it's in my self-interest to vote for Trump because I'm a comic, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I somehow, I don't know how, but I have been able to create a solid hour and a half, maybe like an hour and 15, a solid hour and 15 minutes of solid material that's going to go to the grave with me because I live in Indiana and you, there, there is no ladder to climb. I mean, you could be some cookie cutter clean comic and maybe get some gigs opening for some, in my opinion, lame. There, I'll say it. Go ahead, attack me. I don't give a fuck, all right? Anyways, but that's, just, that's fine. I'm just not that type of comic. That's not my arena. So... I, I and I you have to go to New York or LA or I guess maybe Austin but I'm a single mom so I can't move so I have to use the internet and that just doesn't work anymore I, there's no way for me to get any traction because the the podcast industry and the comedy industry is so saturated on the internet there's no way to get any traction at all but Trump I live in a red state so if I support Trump and he wins, that's four years of just crazy polarization that I can just feed off. I can like siphon from Trump voters. Well, I mean, I may not have the same ideology as Trump voters. I mean, but my, and my material isn't really political. So it's a little dark, but you know, Trump does get the, the fringes and that's part of my audience. I mean, I know who my audience is. So yeah, I'm 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 not voting for my ideologies. I'm voting in my own self-interest, okay? Because I'm screwed. This is my only shot. Anyways, and plus, besides, I had to make a deal with Trump. And listen, listen, uh, you listen. You guys told me that if I put a hat on and I endorse Donald Trump, I was gonna get to open for Tim Dillon, all right? But now, after I went through all this barisma and Ukraine corruption, I don't trust anybody. And now I think you guys are lying to me. I think you're gonna send me out with Roseanne. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but Roseanne is not Tim Dillon. And if, enough, and, and if you guys make me open with Louis CK, which I would be thrilled, I would do it, but that's trafficking. That is trafficking because I know if I open for Louis C.K., that means I'm probably going to have to suck a dick. And and I would. I mean, there's not a comic on this planet that would not suck Louis C.K.'s dick for some stage time, okay? And I'm, I'm cool with that. But I'm just saying, if that's the case, then I need to be in negotiations on that, okay? Because it's, it's uh, I don't know, I, I, my, my dog's like chewing on me right now. And he already chewed up my glasses these are like my old glasses but anyways uh i'm sandra that's comedy's dead i don't know what was going on with barisma but i know if trump gets in office we will get more information so like follow subscribe and yeah that's it that's <laughs> what
I mean, the the missing money from the Pentagon is, is in Ukraine and other countries that we've been meddling in. So I, I, I think we need to break up the military industrial complex. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a Trump opposition vote. That's an opposition block is what we need. We need we need them all out. All of them. They don't do anything. They, I don't even know how some of these people get elected. I could do a better job than most of these people. Okay? It's just, did you see who... There was some... Oh, oh and by the way. Okay, okay. So, um, Ron DeSantis. Okay. He made a comment that he wasn't going to... You know, supporting Ukraine isn't going to be his top priority because it's a... Uh, it's just a territorial dispute. And you know who ripped him for that? Uh, Lynn Cheney, you know, Dick Cheney's daughter. Because it, it's all, it, it, it's because of Halliburton's there. And anyone in Ukraine, if you want to do business in Ukraine, you have to, you can't do any business with Russia. And you have to, like, denounce Russia. Like, Russia is the devil. And it, it, it's just insane. And these people are Nazis. <laughs> And look, I mean, come on, stop fighting. You are not fighting for, you're just fighting for a bunch of old rich people who could give two shits about you. So, and the fact that we're still arming them is even more disgusting. It is so gross. I don't know. Screw it. You know, I'm just going to steal this off of YouTube, but I'm going to put it on here because they did a, uh, there's a new, well, it's not a new movie. It's a, it's a remake, but it's, uh, what's it called? All Quiet on the Western Front. And it's subtitles. I hate when they do that. But um, I really want to watch it because I, the trailer was phenomenal. I, I think it's probably going to, I think it's the best anti-war movie that I've ever seen. Um, well, not, I haven't seen it yet, but like I watched a bunch of the trailers. And um, it's just so sad. And you look around the world today and there's just so many ugly people. Like the the I'm sorry, and you guys can attack me, and I know you're gonna attack me, and it's gonna kill me. But I'm just being honest. I don't. I have no self esteem. So just enjoy it, okay? But there there is there is there there's just a the ratios messed up. There's a huger proportion of unattractive. You know, they they just don't got the symmetry thing going. And I don't know what the golden ratio is. And I know beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it's it's all a. a Sub, uh, subjective type thing but by and large when you're out you know in your neighborhood wherever you live there's way more ugly people than attractive people and i'm sorry it's because of all the damn wars guys it is it's because of all the wars because everyone knows peasants the poor people they're the more attractive of the species because we just are that's it that that's all there is to it because you know we're not we're not as uh, inbred as like the rich people, you know. We're not we're not concerned. Like we don't have any money, we don't have anything to lose, so we don't need to marry our cousins and sisters. We don't care, and we're more, you know. We're, yeah, we're just not as inbred. But anyways, that's been comedy said, and yeah, go ahead, rip me apart. I don't care. I don't have anything to lose, and I'm voting for Trump because I've got nothing to lose and only four years. Of material to gain so like follow subscri subscribe and thank you for watching